What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Mindset Mogul Podcast. We're your hosts, Josh Jacobs and Bradley Mora, and we have a very, very special guest today. Um, somebody that I have had the pleasure of knowing for a couple of years now, and uh, this man went from losing his house and living on food stamps to having a business with a run rate of $50 million this year. He was named Top 40 Leaders Under 40 and nominated for the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award. Please welcome internet marketing thought leader, president of Ad Here, family man, and quite possibly the most disciplined person that I know, <laughs> Ruben Resendez. Thank wow. you for being here, man. Super, super happy to have you. It's so freaking awesome hearing that intro, Josh. You know, like it's been so long that uh, you know that I I gotta think back to like, man, you gotta congratulate yourself sometimes. Like you have come a long way because we're so hard on ourselves. We're all high performers. Like we want to perform at the next level. We succeed at something. We're like, oh, what's the next? What's the next? I know I got more potential in me. I want to see what my potential is that we kind of forget. Like how far that we've come, you know, that uh, it's crazy to hear that intro too. So thank you, Josh, for having me on. And thank you, Brad, also for having me on too. So very honored to be your guest today. Absolutely. So let's let's talk about that. Let's go back to when you got started. And uh, obviously, you could tell your story better than anybody. So let's hear kind of the background of, you know, obviously, I said you lost your house to and living on food stamps to where you are today. Take us back to where you started and, you know, your your humble beginnings. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, too, because the story gets a little bit even crazier than that, too. Uh, that, uh, you know, I think Steve Jobs had a really good quote, and I'm going to botch it. But basically, he says that uh, you can't connect the dots going forward. You can only connect <laughs> the dots going backwards. And it starts making sense a little bit later on. But at the time when I was growing up, you know, in high school, I grew up on the east side of San Jose, which most people would say is like the wrong side of the tracks. And I didn't know it was the wrong side of the tracks growing up. You know, I went to a high school. The high school uh, was so challenging that it was called Mount Pleasant, but uh, they actually coined it Mount Pregnant because all the kids were getting pregnant. And I didn't know it was irregular to have a daycare center on campus because we had an actual daycare center on campus to take care of all these kids that were having kids. So that way they could go to high school. Until I graduated high school, I didn't realize that that wasn't regular. Like, oh, I started having some friends Never outside of that, that high school. Like, oh, you guys Crazy. didn't have a daycare center on your campus? Like, you know, you didn't have a whole bunch of kids having kids. So the school was just spitting out so much, so many statistics left and right. And, you know, I was almost bound to start being a statistic as well. You know, I, uh, you know, kind of grew up there and grew up with this thought process that because of my last name, because of how I look, because of my heritage, because nobody in my family were ever entrepreneurs, nobody in my family were ever successful at the things that they've tried to do or even tried to be, even be successful, that I was just supposed to follow down that path. And I always thought seeing some of these CEOs and successful people that are out there, I never saw myself in any of them. I just thought they were planted there. Oh, they came from a family. It's something in genetics. They got planted in the right family and things like that. And I literally grew up thinking like that. And now that I've become a little bit wiser, I realize there's a lot of people that still think like that too. And there's kids that still think like that that were in high school. So grew up in a family where, you know, nobody in my family were entrepreneurs. 
uh, wrong side of the tracks, all that good stuff. And uh, got introduced to personal development after graduating high school with one of my really good buddies, uh, who is still a mentor to my day, uh, to this day. And uh, he introduced me to the world of entrepreneurship and personal development. I started reading books like Think and Grow Rich and uh, you know, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and all that good stuff that I was never exposed to previously before. And then I started to change my mindset and learn like, oh, shoot, you know what? There's a lot of people that came before us in history that didn't come from anything, that came from humble beginnings, that nobody in their family were entrepreneurs, that went through a lot of challenges and they built something great and something successful that why not me? I could do the same exact thing. So started uh, my career in financial services. Actually, I was going to college and all that good stuff. And then dropped out to do financial services. So didn't get a college degree or anything of that sort. Graduated high school, did a lot of stupid stuff when going to college, did very like started doing drugs, the whole entire deal, dropping all my classes and the whole entire deal. But then got into financial services and learned about personal development, got introduced to some mentors in my life and started going did you down that direction. Did you drop out because of you were messing up doing drugs or did you drop out because you got into financial services and just saw a different path? Probably a little bit of both. So like I was on the four-year path at a community college and then eventually like got introduced to uh, the entrepreneur environment and personal development. So then started picking up the slack, kind of try to drop those drugs and all that stuff, transitioned over to uh, go into San Jose State University, actual state school. And then about a semester into it, I started looking at the professor's life. And then I started looking at my buddy's life who at that time was like, 20 years old, bought a $800,000 house in Silicon Valley. And like, well, like I have no other 20 year old friends that are doing that. <laughs> so I looked at his life and I'm like, I want that life. Instead of looking at my professor's life, like, man, I don't think I want that professor's life. Like it, it doesn't seem like something that I, I want to do. So then I, that's when I made the decision, talked to my parents about it and everything too, and said, all right, I'm going to go do this financial services thing full time and go all in, drop college. I could always go back to college and do it again, uh, but decided to never look back after that. And then, yeah, it was crazy. 2008 hits and I'm living on a hundred percent commission. And that's when the financial market just took a big, huge crash. All of my clients all dried up and to boot, the girl I was going out with for about three months tells me that she's pregnant with my son. It's like, all right, great. Living on a hundred percent commission, got about three, three, $500 to my name at that point. I don't know where my next check is going to come from. I'm like, shoot, I got to go and get one of those J-O-Bs. I got to go and get a job. <laughs> and all my mentors always said, like, never get a job, never sell your time for money. You know, uh, a job stands for just over broke. Like that was just drilled into my head. I said, man, but I got a kid on the way. I need a paycheck like yesterday. So I go look on Craigslist and I found this job that said $30,000 salary plus commissions. So I go and interview for it. And this is this internet marketing and lead generation company. I didn't know what the heck it was. I was like, I just need a paycheck. So I show up in a suit and everything. My suit was all dirty too. I, I hadn't washed my suit in probably like two or three months or something. And like, uh, yeah, I bought it like almost like secondhand. It kind of seemed like it was a horrible suit. Now thinking about it, I, I hopefully I'm, I threw it away. It might be in storage somewhere or something like that. But uh, yeah, that's when I got introduced to the whole entire world of internet marketing and lead generation. And like in the first month I started 
you know, talking to some of these affiliates and uh, we're sending them quarter million dollar checks like every month. I'm like, man, these are like 19, 20 year olds. And every time I would call them, they're always traveling all over the place. And they're like, just send me the link. I'll implement it. I send them a link. They implement it. We send them another quarter million dollar check. And it's like thousands of these affiliates that I was managing as an affiliate manager at this uh, affiliate marketing, internet marketing company. I was like, I don't know what the heck this thing is, but man, I became obsessed about it. I said, I want to know all the players in this industry. I want to know exactly how they do it. And I just studied it all the time. You know, when I was going to San Jose State University, I was man, I was uh, uh, training to be to do management information systems. So that was what I was learning. That was like what I was going to get my degree in is management information systems. Because back in high school, I was, you know, kind of wanted to be a hacker and play around with computers, just kind of be behind the computer the whole entire time. And then in financial services, I learned how to talk to people where it's like, I read all the books about how to talk to people, how to win friends and influence people. And I would study it all the time because by nature, I'm a little bit more introverted where like, I'll kind of be behind the computer and not really say very much. So I'm usually on the other side, like you guys are like asking a lot of the questions instead. So a lot of times people don't know very much about me because I'm the one always asking a whole bunch of questions. So that way I don't have to talk because I'm a little bit more introverted <laughs> in that case. And that's what I loved about the internet marketing space. I was like, man, it combines the best of both worlds. Like you could actually kind of talk to people without talking to people, but talk to them through a website and through a landing page. So I just became obsessed with it. Eventually, you know, started making some six figures in that in that company and then realized like, man, all these people are getting promotions that went to Columbia and Stanford and all had all these degrees. And I'm getting passed up for these promotions. I make up 40% of this company's profits. I started doing all the math. I'm like, it doesn't make sense. Like, you know, if I'm going to be in a certain position, I can't wait for somebody to give it to me. I need to go out and take it. Like I'm over here broken my butt off thinking I'm going to get a promotion. I never get a promotion. I'm like, I need to go out there and take it. So that entrepreneurial mindset like never left me. I continued to re- listen to books and listen to audiobooks and my commute to work and back home and everything too. So continue to work on my mindset. But eventually at some point I said, you know what? I need to figure out how to build this thing for myself. I know all this stuff about affiliate marketing, internet marketing, and lead generation. I need to start doing instead of like learning so much. So I need to start executing. So that's when I was like, all right, let me figure out and just do a Google search. How do you build a business? How do you start a business? I found LegalZoom. So they're like, give us three names that you want to name it. And I was like, well, there's like two other names that I thought of. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to stop myself because I get analysis paralysis sometimes. And I have to stop myself and saying, I'm analyzing, trying to figure out what's going to be the perfect name. What is the best name that I can possibly have? So for weeks, I would say like, what is the perfect name? And think about it forever. So at one point I'm like, I'm going to start analyzing this thing. I'm just going to throw out a one ad here is one of the ones I'm going to throw <laughs> out there. Let's throw out ad here, like advertisement here. That's going to be the ones I put into that. So then they come back to me and he says, ad here is available. So I'm like, right, great. Awesome. So I go and uh, put it all together and put that business together. Didn't know exactly what I was doing or anything of that sort and would work on it. I didn't know how to build a, a website. So every night from like 9 p.m. when I would put my son to sleep until 2 a.m. in the morning, I would work on building this website and building a company website, learn how to do WordPress, learn how to do coding, learn how to do graphic design, learn how to do all this different stuff I didn't know how to do before. But I would do it every single night for about a good two and a half years straight. I would sleep only four hours a night, every single night, and try to work on this business and get this ad here business all built up. So eventually at some point, 
the the job was like, man, this guy seems like he's not as focused as he was before. So eventually, <laughs> got myself fired and uh, lived on food stamps uh, after that. So six months of unemployment, all runs out. I let my house go, moved back in with my parents in my early thirties. Both my son and I back in with my parents back on the east side of San Jose in my old room with all my old posters still up there. <laughs> Hadn't lived with my parents since I was like 18 years old. And now I'm over here moving back in with my parents in my early 30s, but it's not just me. Also moving my son back in with my parents. Like how embarrassing. It was the lowest point of my life, but I knew that my son was born for a reason to point me in this direction, that if I was gonna do something, it was gonna be now. If I was gonna build a business, that this is the moment I've gotta build this business, that it's now or never, or and I gotta make that sacrifice. And I got all these job offers too. They're offering me six figures to go work at their companies and everything. And I said, well, I have this business that I'm running. Can I run the business at the same time? They're like, no, you can't. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna choose the business instead. So eventually when unemployment ran out, my parents don't exactly come from money or anything like that either. So I wasn't gonna ask them for money. Uh, so that's when I went on food stamps and lived on food stamps for quite a while and trying to build this business. And seven days a week, I would just work on it all the time. And in that process, I lost a lot of friends because all those friends that still wanted to party, still wanted to do drugs, still wanted to drink on the weekends, they would call me and eventually they just gave up. They're like, he's always going to have an excuse of why he can't show up. But in reality, my excuse was I'm freaking broke. I'm on food stamps and I'm so embarrassed that I am that like, I don't even want to show my face to anybody, which was a blessing in disguise because now I was able to just work on the business all the time. And that's all I did uh, for quite a while. And then reconnected with my mentor that introduced me to personal development and entrepreneurship. And he pointed me in the right direction, got me hooked up with CPAs. I didn't know how to pay myself or anything like that in the very beginning and got a couple of friends involved, was paying them first before I would even pay myself to pour all the money into the business and continue to fund it more and more, continue to sacrifice myself personally to make sure the other people that I got involved were all taken care of. And uh, at that point, that's when uh, I got introduced to a CPA from my, from my mentor and then also got pointed in the right direction spiritually as well. And that's when I started getting my core values in place, which is faith, family, finances, fitness, and fun. And that's why I started learning. If I practice those every single day in that order, I start seeing some amazing things happen in my life. Started taking my care of myself a lot more in my fitness life, taking care of my health a lot more. Started becoming obsessed about my health of how do I change, you know, my family tree forever because I come from a family where diabetes runs rampant on both sides of my family. So it's been generations that diabetes has been running in my family. And I know that's in my genetics. So that's my motivation to work time, 10 times harder than the average person because I know that stuff is in my blood that I got to filter that out. So when people see me and my kids see me, that they're going to be like, all right, that's just what we do. We go to the gym every morning, six days a week. That's just what we do all the time. That's what the Resendez family does. Like, were you in? Were you still in your parents' house when you started, when you developed these core values and started doing all these things? I was actually. So interesting story about that is that I started learning about, uh, you know, in Think Grow Rich, they talk about auto-suggestion. So I started learning about auto-suggestion that like write down your goals every single night before you go to sleep. And as soon as you wake up, write down your goals and say it out loud too. So one of those goals when I was living with my parents and on food stamps was to live in a downtown high rise overlooking the entire city. That was like 
what I wrote down every single night for about two years straight. I would write that down and I would say it out loud in my in my little room and my parents' house and everything. I'd say, I live in a downtown high rise overlooking the entire city. I live in a downtown high rise overlooking the entire city for two years straight, seven days a week, two years straight, every single night and every single morning. And then eventually when I started learning how to pay myself in the business, how to build the business, the business started running and started like gaining some good revenue that was coming in. Then I saw like, man, I found myself living in a downtown high rise overlooking the entire city, was able to give, get, get enough money built up where I could move out of my parents, move my son and I out of my parents and move into a downtown high rise overlooking the entire city. I wish I had a picture where I could show you this too, because it was like a, a penthouse and everything. We live in a different house now because eventually after living there with a couple of teenage kids and everything too, we need to get a little bit of a, of a yard and everything. So we live in a different house now, but that was a crazy experience of just auto suggestion at work and exactly the principles crazy. that they teach and think and grow rich actually coming to life that like, if my old friends and people that knew me when I were on food stamps said, and heard me saying, I live in downtown high rise overlooking the entire city. I live in downtown high rise overlooking <laughs> the entire city. They would've been like, you're such an idiot. Like you're on food stamps, you're broke. You're living with your parents in your early thirties and your son's living with you. Like, how stupid are you? Like, and that's literally like the mindset where I've come from is like, and there's still a lot of people that think so, like that too. Question yeah. for you on that, because a lot of people who would be in that type of situation wouldn't think the way that you do and develop these core values and have this growth mindset and read all these mm. books. As you are very aware, we limit ourselves with our own beliefs. And I'm curious because it sounds like you didn't limit yourself with your own beliefs, but was there ever a moment where you had limiting beliefs and you had to overcome them? And what were those if, if you did? Oh, for sure. I think like the biggest thing was like the limiting belief because I think our limiting beliefs start really creeping into our mind when we get really quiet, when we're just alone with just our thoughts and we're not doing anything. I think all of us, no matter how successful that we are, start getting some of those doubts and some of those fears start creeping into our mind when we're like just quiet with our thoughts. And then that's the moment where we got to take control and just say like, no, I'm not thinking that thought anymore. I know who I am. I know that I'm a child of God and I'm built by the greatest creator that is out there and I have more potential in me than anybody has ever seen. And I know that I'm special. And that's when I go back to the auto-suggestion piece is every single morning I wake up and I say, I am this, I am great, I am wealthy, I am ambitious. And I continue to say that. And this sounds stupid and it sounds corny, but someone that comes with such strong limiting beliefs in the area that I came from, I've got to do the corny stuff and I got to work 10 times harder than the average person because I wasn't surrounded by somebody saying, Ruben, you're great. You know, Ruben, you're going to grow up to be somebody great. You know, Ruben, you're a leader, you're a champion, you're the greatest of all time. Nobody was saying that to me growing up. And now people are like, hey, you know what? I always knew you were going to make it. I always knew you were going to be something great. I wasn't like the kid that was over there like selling lemonade with a lemonade stand or anything like that. I wasn't like voted most likely to succeed in my high school or anything of that sort. So nobody was telling me like, Ruben, you're awesome. You're going to be something amazing when you grow up. You know, you're the special one. You're going to do something great. So those limiting beliefs were continuing into my mind, but I used it as fuel. I think hitting rock bottom is probably one of the biggest motivators that will make you change like crazy. 
hitting rock bottom, whether it's a heartbreak or you go broke and you go on food stamps or you go into a huge, huge failure, the challenge is you either utilize that failure because that's such a huge energy that you can utilize to make such a big change in your life to get rid of those limiting beliefs or you go and say, okay, I am that failure. I am that person that, you know, didn't succeed in doing what I was supposed to do. You either give in to that doubt and that fear and that limiting belief, or you challenge it and saying like, hey, that's not who I am. I know exactly who I am. I've got faith in my side. And that's why faith is one of my first number one core values, because faith is being able to see the invisible before it's visible and having that strong faith that like, man, I know who I am. I could see who I am. And I'm going to continue to tell myself every single day. That's where you start destroying a lot of limiting beliefs. And you got to go back to, and the, the hardest thing to do is to go back into your history and to see how you were cultured and how you were raised. Because a lot of the things that we do today are due to the way that we were cultured and we were raised. And the people that cultured us and raised us and our coaches and our teachers and our leaders, they really did want the best for us, but they didn't know some of the things that they were culturing into us. Like I can give you an example of, I started thinking when I started having limiting beliefs of, you know, just making a decision and picking one decision and going through with it and following all the way through with it. One of my limiting beliefs was that I would actually be able to succeed if I picked one decision and be able to follow through all the way. So I started reverse engineering of like, why do I always hesitate in taking risk? Why do I always hesitate in taking the next step? And I started thinking back of like, man, when I was living with my parents, I would walk out the door and before I'd walk out the door, every single time my mom would say, be careful, be careful, be careful. And I'm like, hmm. I started thinking, what is there to be careful about that door? What am I so scared of outside of that door? And I started thinking to myself of like, my mom's like always reeling in my head of like, every time I want to walk through a door of opportunity or walk through a door of where I would have to take a risk, it would reel in my head. Now I think of like, my mom would say, be careful, be careful. And then I started thinking, where does that come from in her life? It comes from, she watches TV every single night. And this is my whole entire family, not just her. And I love my mom to death. My number one goal when starting this business was to make sure that I retire her. That was my number one goal. My number one motivator was to make sure that I retire my mom because my mom worked graveyard where she worked graveyard just so that way she could make an additional one to $2 per hour more for our family. And wow. I didn't see her very often in growing up during the day because she was sleeping during the day so she can work graveyard at night. So my first goal was to retire my mom. But I started thinking back on my family and how I was cultured of that. They would spend their nighttime before they would go to sleep watching the news, watching murders, killings, stabbings, all of this stuff that's on the news, which is so negative, and then go to sleep. So of course, what's going through their head at nighttime is all this fear, there's crazy stuff out that door. Like, man, there's people getting killed. There's like nuts. Oh my gosh, don't walk out there. Be careful. Be careful you go out that door. And as soon as they would wake up, still my family to this day too does this. They will watch the news. First thing that they do, watch the news. And what's what do they wake up to? Killings, murders, kidnappings, all the bad stuff happened in this world. So their mindset is thinking, that's a big, scary world out that door. So of course, I'm going to tell my kids to be careful because it's big and scary that's out there. So I had to like, you know, unculture myself out of some of those things. So that way I can 
release a lot of those limiting beliefs. But you know what's sad, Josh and Brad? Like some people never do that digging because it's scary to do that digging inside of yourself because you really got to uncover like, man, there's some screw ups and there's some reasons why I'm a little screwed up and I got to start facing some challenges and facing myself. That's the biggest fear I think a lot of people have is actually facing themselves and facing themselves and taking personal accountability and say, yeah, that was my fault that I made that challenge. Now let me learn from it and do something great. But a lot of people don't do that, which is the sad part. Definitely, wow. definitely sobering to take that moment and bring awareness to ask yourself, how did I get how I am? But it's super mm. important. It sounds like though you've been through, you've done a lot of training on yourself, probably even before getting to that point where you're bringing awareness to like childhood traumas, essentially that were governing your behavior. But would love to hear a couple of other, if you have any tactics around how you've trained your mind to be disciplined, the auto suggestion, I think that's fantastic mm-hmm. for the audience because you can go out, do that tomorrow and start changing who you are. What are some other things you do on a daily basis that trains yourself to operate at the highest level, hit the energy levels that you're bringing to this podcast? I think uh, the audience could learn a lot from that. Yeah, absolutely. So when I think about my core values of what I stand for, so like faith, family, finances, fitness, and fun, I try to practice those throughout my day in that order too. So the first thing that I do is that I know there's a bigger power than just me. I know that I'm on here on this earth and I'm just the window to what can happen in this whole entire universe and the potential of this whole universe. My whole entire mission is to inspire others to elevate their lives. So I need a bigger power that's on my side. So I get in prayer with my Lord every single morning to get a bigger power on my side and knowing that, hey, yes, I might run into some challenges today, but you're on my side and everything that's happening is for your greater good and for our greater good. And I make sure it's always happening for me instead of to me. So that's a big piece is just having that connection with a greater power, uh, whatever it might be, whether it's your Lord, your God, whatever you might believe in the energy or in the universe, but just having that connection with the greater power and knowing that everything is working for your greater good and starting my day like that just puts me in a in a state where I'm like, okay, I can handle anything that comes my way. I know like I got this relationship every single day that I'm good right here. And I know it's going to guide me in the right direction, no matter what challenge or what opportunity comes up, it's going to be in the right direction. And then that's when I go into um, continuing on with my just affirmations every single day. I literally like go into the mirror and start yelling it out in our house. Like, you don't have to like get crazy, but I try to get into it being like, you know, I own a company generating over a billion dollars. I own a company generating over like, you know, and just saying it for like a good five minutes and drilling it into my mind and saying it, speaking it out and looking myself in the mirror and then also visualizing it at the same time as I'm saying it. All of my goals that I have, my personal, professional and financial goals, I write it out and I continue to say it every single day until it becomes second nature that I've memorized it, that I know like that's my habit that I do every single day. Because I know that I've got to battle so many doubts and so many fears that could creep into my mind. Because the bigger that we get and the more people that we get involved in this company, the bigger my family gets and the more that I get my family involved into this whole entire life. I know that I got to make sure I X out those doubts and I got to watch what I put into my brain. 
So I try to stay away from my phone for at least like the first 30 to 45 minutes because I know when I pick up that phone, it's going to be a whole bunch of email alerts, Slack alerts. There's going to be all this stuff that's going to be hitting me and trying to respond to all that. So I try not to pick up my phone in the first 30 to 45 minutes just to make sure that like I don't get hit and I'm not playing defense. I'm actually playing offense and I'm starting my day playing offense instead of playing defense. So that helps me bring the energy and then starting my day with a workout is so key knowing that like if, if I work out in the morning and that's why I'm like addicted to it now, if I work out in the morning, anything can happen throughout my day. And I'm like, Eh, somebody can slap me in the face and I just got the endorphins <laughs> running like, man, whatever. But if I don't get that workout in, I'm a little antsy. I'm like, Ugh. I get a, some things get a little bit on my nerves a little bit more. So doing that workout in the morning helps me show up as a better person for my family, for business, for all my colleagues and all team members. So I know that I want to show up my best every single day. So that gets me up in the morning and actually like getting a workout in and doing that. But then also what I do every single night before I go to sleep, like I mentioned, even back when I lived in my parents, I started this and just seeing the power and seeing it come into reality. I literally write down all of my goals of exactly like what I want to do hour by hour. So like I have it here sitting wow. in front of me all the time of like hour by hour of what my plan is. And on Sundays, I'll spend a whole entire like two hours, just literally planning out hour by hour my whole entire week. So that way if something comes up, so I can say like, man, I already got something already in place because I know that I want to go my direction. I don't want to go where everybody else wants me to go. I want to make sure I'm making and getting closer and closer to my goals every single week and every single day. And if I just leave my calendar open and say yes to everything, that means they're going to get their goals accomplished. But what about my goals that I want to accomplish? I might not make progress. So that gives me a lot of confidence going into my day because I've already written down, I already know, like I've already been on this podcast last night when I was sleeping because I wrote down, all right, I'm going to be on this podcast and be on this video. I know exactly how it's going to go. I know exactly what I'm going to say. So it went through my mind as I was sleeping and our subconscious mind is like really, really powerful. And it's all because right before I went to sleep, I wrote out hour by hour, what am I doing for the day and how is it going? And yes, some things don't go as planned. Like Mike Tyson said that, uh, you know, everybody has a plan until they get punched <laughs> in the face. But then at that point, when you get punched in the face, you got to go back to the plan. As long as you have a plan, you could go right back to the plan again. A lot of times, if you don't have a plan, you get punched in the face, you're going to stay on the ground. And you're just going to be looking up the whole time. Like, what do I do next? I just got punched in the face and you're going to stay on the ground. But if you've got a plan for the day, like, all right, let's get right back up. Time to go. We got to keep on going. I think that's how I keep my energy high is just staying busy all the time because a mentor once told me that you ever want to meet the devil, have some white space in your calendar. So I try not to have any white space in my calendar because that's when the negative thoughts and the limiting beliefs start creeping into my mind and I start thinking stupid stuff and I start having doubts like that. So I'm like, I'm going to have no white space in my calendar. We're always going to be doing something, always pushing forward, whether it's reading a book, watching a, the right podcast, watching the right YouTube video, always personally developing all the time. And I think my biggest motivating factor is that knowing that I don't have a college degree, knowing that I grew up in the family that I grew up in, knowing that I grew up in the environment that I grew up in, knowing that I got to work 10 times harder than the average person. So that motivates me to personally develop more than the average person. So I'm so glad 
that I came from that family. I'm so glad that I met that girl that I only knew for three months and had my son. Like, I'm so glad all of that happened for me because now it's the biggest motivating factor every single day for me to wake up and say, I'm making this freaking thing happen. My mission is to inspire others to elevate their lives. So that way, if they look at me like, man, Ruben, this, this freaking idiot can do it. Then, I mean, I think I could do something with my life. Like this freaking, this guy's an idiot. Like he dropped out of college, grew up on the East side of San Jose, was on food stamps, single dad, all that different stuff. Like, I think I could do something with my life. I, I want them to look at me and say that. I really do. Because then my mission has been accomplished at that point. Well, you've 100% accomplished that mission with me, as I've told you before, man, you are just an incredibly inspiring human being. And by the way, you are amazing at telling your story. Like I've been I, I have not wanted to interrupt you at all because this is just <laughs> so good. And I'm learning so much more than I even knew about you before. Um, how long just curious, how long have you been scheduling out like your hours like that? Like so the fact good. that you just have it right in front of you is awesome. So I mean, that is that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's been probably like 10 years now. Wow. Yeah. Probably about 10 wow. years wow. that I've been doing it like consistently. Compound of, like, interest. Scheduling it. Yeah. Compounding. And now it's just part of me. It's like, I already know like on Sundays, like I feel weird if I don't do it on a Sunday. Cause I know like, you know, I, I was an employee before and somebody used to tell me exactly what to do. But the difference maker between me and all the rest of the employees that worked at that company was that I knew I would have to develop myself and I knew I had to have a goal. So I wasn't as stringent at that time like I am today, but I would have at least like three goals I wanted to accomplish every single day. And then I would put it on my monitor and I would know what the monthly goal was for the company. And I would put it on my monitor as a sticky note. Nobody else was doing that whatsoever. And I wasn't even incentivized by hitting that goal. I just, you know, wanted to hit a monthly goal and listening to all these books, they always talk about keep your goals in front of you all the time. But then when I got fired and it was all dependent on me, nobody was telling me what to do. It was like, I got to make my calendar my boss. That's my boss. My calendar is my boss. And I got to make sure I schedule everything hour by hour, every single hour. And I actually got that from listening to an Ed Milet uh, CD many years ago. CD, how crazy. That's how long you've been doing this, which is certainly a testament to consistency over time. So that is, uh, that's extremely badass. Yeah. It's, it's, pretty, it, it, it's crazy though, because there was about a couple years where I fell off. Like, really? uh, you know, I gave in to some of the friends that said the personal development stuff was stupid. They would get into my car and they'd see all these like Ed Milet CDs and like these like Art Williams, Tom Hopkins CDs and all this stuff that would be around. They would say, well, what is this? And I'll be all embarrassed and I would take it out. I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. No, you know, it's, it's nothing. Or they would see the art of war and like they would listen to it a little bit. I'm like, what is this Sun Tzu says stuff? <laughs> the guy keep on, keeps on saying Sun Tzu says and I'm like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. Like I'll take it out and everything too. So it got away from me for like a couple of years too. And I think our associations are so powerful because my associations at that time were not into personal development. And it started convincing me too, like maybe this personal development thing isn't for me. I started thinking average and ordinary. I was around average and ordinary as well. So the mindset was not there. So when people look at me of like, man, Ruben, you're all about personal development. You're all so positive all the time. Like you didn't know like those, those two or three years when I kind of like things got a little negative and I started going into that path of just 
maybe settling on just like an average and ordinary, but things have to happen in your life, which are like snapping moments. One of those snapping moments was when my son and I's mom didn't work out. And the snapping moment was, I always would blame her of like, she's the reason why I'd never start anything. She doesn't want me to start anything. I say that I want to do this thing. And she keeps on laughing. She keeps on saying, no, we don't need to do anything else. Aren't we good? We live in a little two bedroom apartment. We're okay. And all that stuff. And then when her and I didn't work out, that was the snapping moment. I said, I'm going to start this business. No more excuses anymore. I've been using her as the one that's holding me back, but it's really me that's holding myself back. If I really want to do something, now is the time to do it. And that's when Ad Here was born right after that. So I think everybody can use their heartbreaks, their challenges that they go through as energy to say, this is my moment to make this thing happen. No more making excuses. Now is the time to make it happen. And then that's when the spark happened with personal development again too. So something you said earlier is all these things happen for you, which is another thing that I know Ed Milet talks about all the time, which is they happen for you, not to you. And just the way that you explain that is, is so true. You can use any moment that happens in your life to motivate you to do something great. Um, So that's awesome. I got one curveball question for you. Go for it. What, what is uh, your biggest fear or fears? You know what? The first thing that comes to mind, Josh, something I've been thinking about a little bit more often lately too. So my son is uh, 14, going on 15 now. Man, 14, 15 years. His birthday always reminds me, and talking about how old he is, usually always reminds me of how long that I've been doing this internet marketing thing because he's the one, the reason why I got that job and then actually got introduced to the internet marketing space. So I always think back like, man, 15 years ago, that's when it all happened. And he pointed me in the right direction. And I thank God every single day, he pointed me in the right direction as well. And every time I look at him, I'm like, man, this kid was born for a reason to point me in this direction. But one of my fears is that, you know, I feel like the things in my mindset that I have now is because of a lot of the challenges that I went through. And I dealt with a lot of those challenges, which introduced me to my real self and introduced me to who I really was, which built me to the person that I am today and the person that I'm becoming. My biggest fear is that my son may never go through anything like that, or I may protect him as a dad too much where I shield him from going through those challenges and shield him from going through those heartbreaks because he's one of my biggest motivating factors. I want to give him a life, the life that I never had growing up. And that was my biggest motivating factor. And now I look at it, I'm like, man, these kids, you know, like we go and like we sit courtside and sit like floor seats at the Golden State Warriors games. And we get these, we bring the kids and bring my son and we're walking into a VIP and the whole entire deal. Like, man, if I was a kid, like I would love this thing. And then he tells me as we're walking in, I was like, dad, how can we got to come to the Warriors game tonight? I had a play that I wanted to go to and at the school that, you know, why, why did you take me to the Warriors game instead? I was like, you didn't even tell me about this play before coming in here. Like we just drove 45 minutes from our house to go to the Warriors game. He said nothing about this play that you had. It's so one of those instances where I look back of like, shoot, man, I don't know if I'm shielding these kids from actually like experiencing some of the things that made me who I am. But my prayer is that they take this platform and what I provide to them and provide to my son, uh, you know, to a whole nother level and uh, take it 
and have a mindset that is totally different than I grew up with and not have any of those limiting beliefs, they'll have their own different limiting beliefs, but it'll take them to another level. And I always say these kids, because uh, also now, one of those things that I willed into existence and use Think and Grow Rich too was my now fiance, uh, who Congratulations, I also said, by the way. yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Which is, which is crazy because, you know, when I saw that happen with the place that I wanted to live, when I said, I live in a downtown high rise, I live in the entire city. I live in a downtown high rise, overlooking the entire city. I also said it for my business too. I said, I own a business generating over $10 million in revenue per year. And I saw that happen too. And all that stuff. I'm like, man, if I could do this in business and where I live, how about I've been single for a while? Like, how about I do that with like the girl that I want to be with? Like, what's the specific girl? So I said, I have a beautiful girlfriend that is ambitious, motivated with a great outlook, like outlook on life, a per, like a great personality, great attitude, positive outlook on life. And with a tight booty and the most gorgeous face. <laughs> and I was like, think you go rich. It says be clear and specific. So I was like clear and specific on exactly the type of girl that I wanted. So Eventually, when I ran into my now fiance, uh, Julie, I was like, man, she's saying all the right words. And I was reading this book called by Elena Cardone, Grant Cardone's wife, called Build an Empire. And I was like, you know what? You're a beautiful woman, but there's a lot of beautiful women like here. You know, what is it different about you? What's what? What is it that's different about you? And she was like, you know, one of the things that I really want to do is just build an empire and really build something big and everything. I was like... Oh man, you're saying all the right words of exactly what I'm writing down. You're ambitious, motivated, you know, all of this stuff. You fit the bill and check all the boxes. Like th- this is the one. So I willed her into existence. And I got even more than I even expected to, because she also had a son that was only one year younger than my son. And that was one of the things in like raising my son, it would always be me and him on the playground all the time. And that would, it would just be us all the time playing playing a PlayStation, it'd be him and I all the time. Like, man, I wish he had like a brother or like a sister or somebody like that, that he would be able to play with. So at that point, I was like, man, this is amazing. I get, I got even more than I expected. Now they totally get along. Her son and my son totally get along. We all live with each other too. And like, they just have a blast with each other. So when I say we, and I take the kids, like, I consider him one of my kids too, the same exact thing. Cause man, that kid is awesome. He's ambitious too. Little guy that's ambitious, gonna go and play Clemson football. He's like Damn. half the size, half the size as me, but he's got a heart of gold and the heart of a champion. And he's like, I'm gonna go play Clemson. I'm gonna be a lineman. He's a tiny little guy too, and everything too. It's like, we're keep that mindset. I love it. He read Ed Milet's book and everything too. He's got so much awesome. ambition. So yeah, I think that's, that's one of my fears, Josh, is like these kids. We're providing for them so much more than we've ever had growing up that they may not experience some of those challenges that made me who I am. So that's one of my biggest fears. Like, are we protecting them too much? And are we providing them too much where they're not learning the work ethic that they should learn and that they need to learn to survive out there in the world? So I'll say that's my biggest fear right there, Josh, that I've been thinking about a lot lately. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's amazing. And you know, it's funny you said in the beginning how if you can connect the dots going backwards or whatever, the the quote that you gave is such a good quote, because if you were to tell me that this is what you were going to do for the next 10 years, I would have I would have 
there's nothing else that I would have predicted for your life than what you have right now. Yep. So it's incredible. I do have one more question for you, but Brad, do you have anything else before I jump into another question? I have a question too, but fire off yours and then go we'll, for it. Yeah, yeah. No, go for it. Mine's mine's gonna be the last question because I know we're running low on time. Okay, cool. This is uh this is one, Ruben, we don't uh always have the opportunity to ask a cool question like this. So companies on a run rate to 50 million. I saw on your LinkedIn in three years, you're trying to take it to 200. Talk to me about yep. the framework, the playbook. How are you mapping to get to that 200? Because that's just a badass goal. I mean, there's nothing, yeah. there's no other way to put it. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's not just kind of like a crazy, like, you know, audacious goal that's out there that I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to become a $300 million company. That's the vision or anything like that. What it really is, we've reverse engineered it, engineered it where every single week we have our team meeting about it every single day or every single week. We have what we call, we run the EOS model, which is the entrepreneurial operating system model. So every company has an operating system. They just don't know it, just like how our phone has an operating system. We run on the entrepreneurial operating system, which every week we meet and we have a scorecard, which tracks what's our revenue run rate for this year. What do we need to do? We have rocks to accomplish every single quarter, which were reverse engineered from our three-year plan, our five-year plan, and our 10-year plan, just to make sure we're continuing to, on, to be on track. And every single quarter, we get one to two days where we just meet and we sit down and say, all right, what did we do this past quarter? And what do we need to do the next quarter in the next three months to get closer to that plan? So it's always top of mind all the time. And I think essentially what it all comes down to is, you know, whatever we measure gets improved. So we measure it every single week. But there's also the, the non-measurables or the immeasurables which are a big focus, which is leadership development. We need to develop more leaders and develop them. And I feel that's one of my greatest gifts is that I've been through all the situations. I've been through every single position here at this company. I've done the receivables. I've done the payables. I've done the bookkeeping. I've done the sales. I've done the client success management. I've done the media buying. I've done the call center rep stuff too. I've even popped on calls myself and dialed for dollars the whole entire deal. I've done every single position here at this company, operations, technology, all this different stuff. I've done it all. So I can relate to every single person on this team and know that there's limiting beliefs that they have in their mind that I see greater for them than they even see for themselves. So that's the biggest challenge is getting them, and that's the immeasurables, is getting them to believe in themselves so much more and be like, you're not this five foot five person. In my mind, when I look at you, you are a six foot five person that is uh, has so much potential that everybody believes in. You're always positive all the time. You got the great attitude behind it. We just need to get you to believe in that so other people can start believing it too and start following you. So leadership development is the name of the game, is going and developing more leaders to go and lead some of these departments to get closer and closer to that goal. And that's part of the whole three-year, five-year, 10-year plan that we have put together. So yeah, reverse engineering it. That's what it all comes down to. I couldn't have asked yeah. for a better answer to that. That, uh, <laughs> that, that was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And thanks for the referral, by the way. We implemented EOS in our business now too, and uh, it's been it's been amazing so far. We'll talk about that later. But it'll be a game, um, got one more be a game changer. 
it's going to be a game it, changer. It already has. It really already has been. It's only been a month, and I'm, I'm telling you, it's already it's already changing it for us. So, I, um, I, I want to be uh, cautious of your time. I know that we are coming up to the end here. I got one more question for you. I feel like we're going to have to do a part two at some point. Because you just <laughs> have will. so we'll much to offer. I have, I have, a, lo- I have a long list that we didn't get to. I know. I have <laughs> such a long. List, it got, but, it got um, longer during during this pod too. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, right? Yeah. My God, literally, got, got, like, yeah, got to like twice as long. <laughs> so. Last question for you. If someone is feeling lost right now, I kind of just want you to talk to the audience for a second. If someone's feeling lost right now, maybe they're unhappy in their career, maybe they're overweight, maybe just unfulfilled in life. Is there some sort of advice that you could provide for them? Basically, if you could force them to do something every day for the next 30 days, what would you tell them to do every day for the next 30 days to start that you know journey of improvement? I would say keep moving. Get up and go and make a move. You got to move. Physically move, like literally, even if it's just a walk, just like walking around the block, go and physically move. Like when you feel stuck and you feel depressed and you feel all that anxiety, I guarantee it's in the moments when you're just sitting. You're sitting probably by yourself or you're sitting just watching TV. Imagine if you were to just move and just take a walk outside, like even if it's on the treadmill, whatever it might be, doesn't have to be fast, doesn't have to be long. Go and just move, start walking around, get physical and start walking around. And a lot of that starts to disappear. And that's a good first start right there, because I think one of the biggest things that's helped me to stay like level headed has been my fitness because there's certain chemicals that start getting released in your mind that won't let you have those negative thoughts and have that anxiety because there's endorphins that go up into your mind. And that's why I do it in the morning. So that way I don't get these emotional triggers that people could trigger me with some emotional triggers. And like, I deal with a lot of people all day long. So something could happen that could trigger me to go in the wrong direction. But since I've already worked out in the morning, I've got these endorphins that are in my mind that are continuing to fire off all day long. I'm like, still smiling, still smiling, no challenge. I don't have a challenge with it. So my recommendation would just go and take a walk. Go and start moving. When you start feeling that, go and start moving. That's the first step. Then you're going to figure out the next step. But you don't... Have, you don't have to know every single step before you take that first step. So take that first step and the next step's going to show up and appear to you. And the next step after that, you don't have to have the full plan and knowing exactly every single step that's going to appear. Just take that first step. Then the next step's going to appear, appear and the next step is going to appear. And I'll also say to Josh is like, you know, work on yourself more than you work on your job or anything else. And I think in working on yourself, get your core values in place. My core values, you know, are faith, family, finances, fitness, and fun. But what are your core values? What does your family stand for? What are your non-negotiables? I would say get that in place so that way you stand for something. Because if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. So know what you stand for and know what your family is going to stand for from here on out. And if you never had core values as part of your family, it can start with you and it all starts with you. So utilize this time to really get those core values in place and use that as a stepping stone was what I would say. Man, Clip you that. gave me goosebumps at least five times throughout this interview. <laughs> I mean, seriously, no, it's just Good unbelievable. Chills. I want to be respectful of your time. I know we're a couple minutes over. So 
That was incredible. Thank you so much, Ruben. Seriously, uh, let you, people Ruben. know. I mean, we're going to pop all your stuff up in the beginning of the episode and we'll put it all in the description, but let people know where to follow you, how to get in touch with you, uh, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So follow me on Instagram at Ruben Resendez, R-U-B-E-N-R-E-S-E-N-D-E-Z. I'm uh, posting a lot more on LinkedIn lately too. So follow me on LinkedIn, same name, Ruben Resendez. I'm not sure how the URL works over there on LinkedIn, but look me up on LinkedIn we'll right the there too. And yep. yeah, you could find me also on Facebook as well too, but mostly active on uh, Instagram and LinkedIn, LinkedIn the most right there. Amazing. Thank you, man. Seriously, this was this was amazing. This was very helpful for me. So I really, really appreciate it and uh, looking forward to connecting soon. Brad and Josh, thank you so much for having me on. It's been an honor. Thank you, guys. Ruben, thank you. Thanks, man.